Dear Evan Hansen, Today is going to be an amazing day, and here's why. Because today, all you have to do is just be yourself. But also confident, that's, that's important and interesting, easy to talk to, approachable, but mostly just be yourself, you know, that's number one, obviously, be yourself, but like a confident version of yourself, like approachable and interesting and not weird or anxious or depressed, but you're not weird or anxious or depressed. I don't even know why you're bringing it up. You can't be scared to talk to other people. You said it could be better. You said this year would be different. You're overthinking it. Do you like having no friends? All you have to do is just be yourself. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. And today we are talking about musicals. But before we talk about that, we are going to have to talk about the character Captain Falcon from Super Smash Brothers <laughs> and how when he says, show me your moves. You have to say, show me your boobs. Show me your boobs. That's what it sounds like he says, and it always has. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's the show about movies, and as you can tell from our uh, our little report our little here, banter. our little banter, <laughs> right at the top about how Captain Falcon says, "When you, play, when you were a little kid and you were playing the original Smash the Brothers, the original on one, Nintendo sixty four, where they didn't really have the sort of storage space on the cartridge to actually have high fidelity audio. Yeah, it sounds like show me your boobs, show me your boobs, yeah. and then you say, show me your penis, or the." <laughs> 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 I always thought it was funny when he says Falcon Punch, how it sounds like there's no vowels in the word. Yeah, it's it sounds like, like Falcon his... Punch! <laughs> 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 Falcon Punch! Falcon Punch! Falcon and you're always so excited to pull it off. It's because you never can because it takes like 20 <laughs> seconds to it's do. such a wind up. <laughs> and then you're screaming it while you're pl- doing it. Of course, it. yes. And you, by screaming it, unfortunately, you've tipped off your friend who you're playing against. Yeah. Well, he can hear it to too. To defend against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, as you could tell from our discussion of the Falcon Punch, this is a movie <laughs> show that does not take itself too seriously. And... Um, <laughs> Not too seriously, and, and sometimes that means that we have to we have to digress into strange little things about video games because we're nerds yeah, here we're, on this show. <laughs> we're epic nerds. <laughs> so epic, so epic. But epic d- wins. Epic win. <laughs> we're epic nerds who who get epic wins. Yeah, and I saw a, a a a meme the other day, or someone said it out loud. Mm. Uh, someone said the phrase so much win. Oh yeah. And I was like, people said that in earnest. So much win. So much win. So much win. It's like, you know what people say out loud a lot is, um, the blank, all the things adults or blank. Even worse though, is it's, it's a lot like keep calm and carry on where like the variations get so ridiculous that like they kind of like lose the original <laughs> thing altogether yeah, yeah. and like it just doesn't even feel like it's anything anymore like because it's it's once you do blank all the blank 
it's like, well, it's then it's just a phrase. You're just, just saying fra- like all e- the thing clean all the things is funny because right. that's not how you would phrase that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, if you just say eat all the chips, that's just you're just saying I want you're chips. Eating, you're just saying eat all the chips. That's, right. That's a regular it's sentence. Barely a reference is. to anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what that originated. Hyperbole as. and a half. Yeah, it was like a webcomic. It was huh? a webcomic about someone who had deep depression. Yeah, and she probably killed herself, right? I think she's still alive. I think that pe- I could have sworn that people said that like she doesn't like post anything anymore, and everyone's like, "Well, I hope she's like around still." There was, I yes, there was a very long time where she didn't post, and everyone was really afraid that she might have killed herself because, yes, but I believe she then published a book. And is, mm. al- is alive and, and fairly rich, I think. Hey, good for her. Yeah, I think she's... Good for her for being, like, the only one of those that, like, managed to... I mean, it's it's her and Penny Arcade, basically, are the ones who, like, parlayed being a webcomic person into, like, making money, it probably seems like. Yeah, I think the oatmeal is still making, like, oh, that's a, and, a and modest and living. Cyanide and Happiness probably does pretty good. Probably. But I was thinking of, like, um... Uh, like Electric the- slur. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of like nothing nice to say. That guy, Mega Tokyo. Uh, 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 what's the one? Control the Kate Alt Be- Delete. The Kate Beaton. Hark of Vagrant. Hark of Vagrant. Yeah, that she's one was probably, the best. That one ruled. That one I is loved so that. funny. <laughs> I think she's probably still doing it. I have, she, it doesn't seem like she's posting very often. And and the books. I have both of the books. I can't imagine they made much money. Yeah, I think she. I think a lot of those people uh, just become like illustrators yeah. and like who can charge a lot of money and then sort of just like probably live like us. Yeah, just like wow, we make too much money for this stupid thing that we did on the internet and, and feel guilty about it. Absolutely, <laughs> we make too much money, but for- don't let that dissuade you from joining the Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/generationloss, <laughs> where Patreon.com you can get a, you, you can get a bonus episode once per week uh, where we'll talk about. All sorts of this and that. I know it's very rude, probably. If it, 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 as a matter of fact, if th- if I said this on a uh, program that uh, was coming out around the time Harka Vagrant was really popular, mm. I'd probably be very canceled. But Kate Beaton is very pretty. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. No, she's way prettier than I would have thought she was. Oh wow! Yeah, a fo- absolute a stone dime. fox. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. A true dime. Kate Beaton, come on the show. Come on the pod. I'd love <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would. <laughs> we will both definitely just talk to you and not unravel our tongues like a red carpet. <laughs> have our hearts pound out of our chest in the shape of a heart. Have, yeah, our, have our eyes... <laughs> Her eyes fly out of their sockets, triple in size and before saying a wooga before they deflate like balloons and then fall onto the floor, only for us to pull them as though they are they are the curtains on a window to get them to go back inside of our brains. Yeah, we won't float three feet above the table, pounding it and whistling. <laughs> <laughs> and our bow ties just spinning. <laughs> 
None of that'll happen. Absolutely don't, don't not. Worry. I would just love to talk to you respectfully about your about very cute drawing. Your incredible series on the Great Gatsby. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. All right, but besides uh, oogling, um, <laughs> a webcomic artist from twenty years ago, <laughs> people who couldn't even be considered celebrities. <laughs> What did you watch this week? Wow, thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) While we're talking about minor internet celebrities uh, who most people don't know or remember, (laughs) one of the things that I watched this week uh, was... uh, So you're familiar with uh, Nardwar, the human serviette? I love him. Okay, so Nardwar, uh, who folks at home, is an interviewer from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Mm -hmm. who, uh, who has been doing a show for... I want to say upwards of 30 plus years. He looks like it. Uh, and there's interviews spanning back to like, I mean, his like, I've seen his Rollins interview from like 95 or something like that. He, he's been doing this for fucking forever. Yeah. And he does these interviews with people. Uh, and he's like a purposefully annoying guy who interviews people. Uh, and, and in later years, charms them with like the deep amount of research he does and, and, and gives them gifts and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's over 30 years now. I think it's 35 now. Yeah. He's been doing it a long ass time. Uh, but one of the great and charming things about Nardwar over these years is over the past like 10 to 12 years, uh, his his long and very passionate uh, friendship with Tyler, the creator. Yes. Uh, he's interviewed Tyler, the creator, I think more than any other artist. Um, uh-huh. He's had him on maybe five or six times. I think it's him and Ian McKay are the two who he's interviewed the most. Yeah. Uh, and, and and they have this like really special relationship, the two of them. And this week, uh, Nardwar posted his newest interview with, with Tyler. Uh, and it is deeply special it's it's one of my favorite of his and, and i've seen a lot of 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 nardwar uh, i've watched a lot of interviews with him uh it is one of my favorite ones of his that i've seen ever uh just in short uh of course there's there's the classic stuff of of bringing up some weird thing from tyler's past that tyler didn't right. think anybody knew about in this case he brings up a teacher that he had in middle school oh my god for like a very brief time who like taught him something about music no, uh, to 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 just a quick background. He has interviewed him like almost every other year, like every mm-hmm. album drop. Basically, he'll interview, and this is like back before, like back during Bastard, like before Goblin came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He interviewed him, and he was like when he was like a kid, mm-hmm. and he was just. I remember specifically, it's on a roof, yeah. and Tyler just keeps asking him if he's the feds because mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows so much shit, and, and he just keeps like, bringing new stuff this? out. But 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 you can tell that Tyler is very charmed by him. And over the years, like humors him more and more, and like yeah. becomes more fascinated with him himself, which is so fascinating because as this is happening, Tyler is becoming a huge star. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing like Gucci and has gold teeth, and is like, but he's like, no, this guy, he's like cool. He comes with me and like like yeah, yeah, sets yeah. up the interview and uh-huh. like and, and really respectfully like involves himself in it. And he's like, funny and goofs off, but you know, right, but, but in like, like a way that helps the show, right? And like. I'm going to be here as long as you want me to be here. Exactly. Like yes. I'm here for this. Because what it is, and, and you realize it in this newest one, is that like so much of their mutual respect comes down to their mutual passion for, for music and inane trivia. And, <laughs> yes. and Tyler is Tyler somebody is who, an like, enormous nerd. He's a huge fucking nerd and nobody else brings it out of him but Nardwar, really. Um in terms of interviewers. But um so in this newest one, uh 
they're at a record store in Vancouver. Tyler is like playing that night or whatever. And they do, first of all, the, the, the beginning of it is they're in this back room where there's all these like collectible action figures of different rappers. Mm-hmm. And there's like looking at the different action figures and, and Tyler is like freaking out over and showing it all to Jasper and like laughing at it and whatever. <laughs> and this is like maybe 10 minutes in that they're finally like, all right, we're starting the interview now and they do the Nardware theme song. So like 10 <laughs> minutes already of just content of them looking at action figures is fantastic. That's so cute. Then they do the interview for like maybe 20 minutes and they end it and they do the do 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 and they do the pause and you look at the time and you're like, there's still 15 minutes left. Okay. What is the rest of this? The rest of it is literally just Tyler walking around the record store, looking at old magazine covers, talking about how he had this magazine, like talking about <laughs> how, like what's in it and whatever. And just like going off on every single thing in the store and just like talking to the owner of the store, just being like, dude, you got a lot of good stuff in here, man. This place is incredible. You should be really <laughs> proud of yourself. And then like, Nardwar, like nerding about the curation of a store. Yeah. And just like his collection of stuff and talking about his own collection of stuff and like how much he like apparently loves magazines. I didn't realize he was a big magazine fiend. What kind of magazine? Like old like rap magazines um, and like different covers where he's just like, man, like the lighting for the like some rap like some trio and he's just like he's like man like they got the lighting so perfect for all three of their complexions like it's incredible uh just like really like going off yeah he is a he is like a wes anderson level like brain yeah where he's just like so specific about stuff Mm -hmm. but that's really cute yeah it's really really excellent it kind of reminds me of uh of a very silly story that uh my friend was in kim's video remember kim's Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he was in a Kim's video and um, browsing through videotapes, uh, and was standing next to Judah Friedlander, mm. who was with a woman. Who he, and he like my friend said that he said the fra- this phrase probably twenty times. Have you seen this one? <laughs> it's good. And then like <laughs> and then put it back. Excellent to, to this girl he was with. Very funny. Uh, the <laughs> other thing that I watched this week. Well, uh, two things I watched this week. One. Uh, Atlanta uh, oh, yeah, continues uh, continues to go, and the newest episode is about a a um, it's like kind of like a bottle episode, little thing about a a wealthy white Manhattan family who has a Trinidadian uh, uh, nanny who takes care of their kid, and the nanny dies, and um, the family like goes to her uh, funeral, and it's all about just like this rich white family interacting with Caribbean poor people. Okay, and it's a funny, you know, poignant episode, like they all are. But there's one thing that I really wanted to bring up that is so fucking great is it's one of the most successful instances of stunt casting I've ever seen. Uh, okay, where they're kind of like all throughout the episode, they keep having these little references to like how they don't really know their son because he's raised by a nanny and he has all these like little Trinidadian quirks where like, like some, like the nanny's sister is like talking to him and he like knows all of like the Trinidadian slang and they're just like talking to each other in (laughs) slang terms and whatever. And, and you could tell the parents are starting to be like, do we have to get him like a white nanny or whatever? (laughs) Oh, they don't like it. They don't like it. Yeah. And they meet this, uh, they, they go in and who's sitting next to them, but Chet Hanks, um, <laughs> wow! And it's Chet Hanks. Is pl- I mean, he's playing like a character, but, but he's still. like, but he's doing his like Jamaican guy voice, and it's like perfect. It's so deep and thick. And they're like, "Oh, so did you like grow up in Trinidad?" And he's like, "No, I'm from Tribeca." Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he says like, he says like, "Oh yeah, she watched me when I was a kid." 
<laughs> wow. That's a really interesting thing to do. Yeah, it's very funny. It it to, validates him in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would think cuz like to, for Donald Glover to see that and be like it'd be funny to write a like what if he really talked like that yeah. and then he it's almost as if like once you see that moment you're you're almost like did he write this whole episode for that yeah i bet he did (laughs) i mean wouldn't you kind of yeah Yeah. (laughs) but just that one joke of just like oh did you grow up in trinidad no i'm from tribeca (laughs) (laughs) tribeca (laughs) it's so good uh so that's fantastic and the last thing i want to talk about very quickly is i watched the first hour of the batman (laughs) really i'm gonna finish it and i'll talk about it in full next week but i just want to say i watched the first hour of it and um my short pithy review for now that i will come back and revise later possibly or maybe not is i know i know that the 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 phrase batman is fash or batman is reactionary (laughs) is is a bit of a a cold take it's been it's been done to death but I have to say that the first thing we see the Batman do in this movie is uh, he, he has this whole... He, first of all, they're doing like a Rorschach thing where he's like his whole... Mm-hmm. He has this like narration track where he's just like, the city is eating itself. I walk around at night <laughs> looking at the filth. And then He's basically Rorschach. <laughs> he's literally doing Rorschach. Uh, and then the first thing we see him do, he's talking about how like the signal in the sky is creating fear. They don't realize I'm not lurking in the shadows. I am the shadows. I am the shadows. We see like a couple of criminals like about to do something, but then they rethink what they're going to do. And then finally, okay, so the first thing that we see the Batman actually do in the movie Uh is he uh, comes out from the shadows uh, to a sound alike of the Imperial March. The song sounds like the fucking Imperial March from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with a couple of notes missing from it. So it's like, it's a sound alike, but it's very clearly reminiscent of it. Uh, Okay. You couldn't miss it for the world. Uh, And what he's coming out to do is to stop a black teenager from doing the knockout game to an Asian (laughs) guy. No fucking way, really? (laughs) Literally, like you're in this very visible, like it is New York. Like, I'll say this. I'll say this much. Gotham is New York. I mean. But I'll say this much. It's much better than the Nolan movies where visibly you're looking at Manhattan or you're looking at Chicago, right? Right. Gotham looks very good in this. Really? So far, at least. Gotham looks very good. uh, But they also are still very, very much trying to direct you towards this is New York because they show Gotham Square Garden. You know, like they show you stuff to specifically be like, this is standing in for New York. But it looks different. But it's standing in for New York. But it's New York, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so, like, to, to have this thing, it's it's New York. This is in a subway station. He he stops a, a knockout gaming black teenager from doing Asian <laughs> hate and like, to the Imperial March. That's it, fucking it, in insane. the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. Is kind of like I don't know, man. Like, come like, on, come on. <laughs> Do, who wants this? You're laying this up for me, man. <laughs> It's barely funny. You're at this practically point. putting the take in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to say Batman's fascist? You and want I don't, me to say? I it. almost don't want to say it now. <laughs> but yeah, so th- that's that's my that's my early take. I'll let you know after I watch the other two hours. I'll probably also watch it. I downloaded it, but I didn't watch it this yeah. week. Yeah, it's all right. So it's looking. It's like okay. No, oh. no, no. I mean, it looks like kind of garbage, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it looks okay. Like, I'll, yeah, 
the the city looks very good but they also film with a really shallow depth of field so you lose a lot of like the cool details and stuff which is kind of a bummer Mm, anyway what did you watch this week i watched uh two things uh real quick um i have a friend who we we are very passionate about our love for mystery science theater 3000 sure um i've loved i that love show. the robots i've loved that show for my entire life um but she had never seen the film and i don't know if anybody if you're a fan of mystery science theater you probably know this but she is too and she'd never actually watched it um but they made a movie for theaters mm-hmm. it's called mystery science theater 3000 the movie okay and it was just an episode of the show but for theaters uh-huh. um, and it's like longer right no not really it's shorter actually <laughs> um it's like a it's like an hour 20 or something what channel um, was Mystery Science Sci-Fi. Well, it was always on Sci-Fi. Well, it originally aired on a public access channel in Michigan, I think. Okay. Uh, KWXP or whatever. And then Sci-Fi era. And then later, it's been on the internet. But almost... Oh, and then it was Comedy Central for a little while in reruns. But mostly always Sci-Fi, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Um, they made a movie and what's funny about it is if you've ever seen the show, if you've never seen the show, it's, uh, it's just an old movie with like little, uh, silhouette of a guy and two robots laughing at the movie and making funny jokes. Yeah. But in between those are very rinky dink shitty skits, uh, that are just like very dry humor, um, sort of dad jokes, um, but in the movie, they're like shot on film <laughs> and yeah. like shot better. So it's very weird <laughs> because it's like different angles and close ups of the robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, it's the exact same level of humor. <laughs> um, so that's funny. But I just wanted to point out that it's so funny. Like we were, I've seen this movie probably 20 times mm-hmm. and it was just like crying laughing for me and her. And she had, she, she had never seen it. Um, it's a great movie. Highly recommend if you've never seen a mystery science theater. It's a great like in point because it's sort of built for audiences who don't have the patience, I guess. Uh, the sketches are higher quality and the riffs are just like more packed. Uh, it's a great one. Uh, but the other movie I watched this week was uh, in preparation. Uh, please don't be mad at me, but I watched... Uh, Fantastic Beasts 2, Crimes of <laughs> Grindelwald. Excellent. How was it? <laughs> it's fantastic. Is it really? <laughs> no. No, I, I bet mean, it sucks. Not, it seems well, like it did. I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't, I loved this movie mm-hmm. because for me, every single scene feels like it was directed by Renee Magritte. Okay. Like, there's just shit in this movie that I've never seen on screen. Like, I don't know how to describe, like, how cool it is to see like just like everything looks so cool like everything looks like everything is surrealist in the way that surrealists used to be you know like everything looks like a yes cover or something like Mm. a kansas album cover or something where it's just like there's owls and there's weird like globules and there's cats that look like aliens and i i Every single scene, every single shot is just this 
amazing surrealist painting. And it's easy to forget about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's Harry Potter. Um, and people are like, oh, yeah, the there's this sort of, I guess, stage that's been set of like, well, the owls are for th- letters and the like people kind of like it in this sci-fi way where it's like, the wor- what if the world they think about it as like a Star Trek or something where it's like, well, why would they do this and why do they do this but if you just take it as like a visual feast mm-hmm. amazing like to me watching this movie i couldn't i'm a very adhd type of person and i'm usually like playing something on my phone just to pay attention to a movie like i couldn't even i was just like glued to the screen even more than the last one which i think is a cute movie um this one visually is stunning mm. um you know, the CGI is, like, fine. It's, like, Marvel level. But, like, the stuff they're making up is astounding. Now, I've heard that uh, this this series is ostensibly, like, it's it's based on, like, a throwaway line, essentially, from one of the books, right? Is like It is based on a... Ca- it's a book that, like, Dumbledore gives to Harry, right? Yeah, it's a cash-in. Well, it's technically uh, a classic textbook that's used at hogwarts it's a it's a class that they take about that hagrid teaches and like their textbook is called fantastic peace and where to find them by mm-hmm. newt scamander this is in the four- 30s about newt scamander yeah and they actually did a cash grab publishing of that book but it was like 15 pages right <laughs> and it um it ne- it never felt like a tome or anything, but uh, but but so what I'm wondering though is like because what I've heard is that like they they've kind of like the the initially this was supposed to be based on that textbook, but as the series has gone, they've kind of like de-emphasized the Fantastic Beasts, and it's really more just like so movies I've, about people. I mean, I so tell me about the beasts. Disagree because like this movie was all beasts. Really, it was only beasts. Uh-huh. I don't. I barely remember what happens. Like <laughs> the the nothing happens in this movie. Like it's just moving you from beast to beast. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, and what's going on with the war? Okay, here's what the story is. If you've never you've never seen any of them, right? No. Okay, <laughs> uh, if you've never seen any of these movies, uh, basically. I understand them to be basically explaining why the wizards didn't intervene in World War II. That is uh, the that is the reveal of the end of the second movie, um, which is that there has been a vision that this isn't like literally the end of the movie is there's like a, a Nazi rally. Not a Nazi rally. It's a Grindelwald rally. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks like they're going to a fucking Sisters of Mercy show, though. Like, <laughs> everyone who likes Grindelwald is goth. But we don't like, like Grindelwald. Like, as hell. Uh, the characters seem to have a big problem with him. It's it's a sort but of... But we, the audience. Yes. It's sort of a Black Panther situation. Okay. Where it's like, Killmonger is correct. Mm-hmm. But he killed a guy in cold blood, and so he is evil. Yes. It's very much that. Like, at the beginning of this movie, like... They execute a baby. <laughs> Jesus. Like, like literally. Like, he's like, there. sometimes you have to do things that seem intense or bad or whatever, but it's all for the greater good. And, like, the door closes and, like, the green glow goes on. And it's like, they just killed that baby? Why? <laughs> and it's, like, not explained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's all he does bad. Like, what he actually wants is to assert... And, and I mean, 
you know, you can have an argument that this would be bad, but he's like, we have superpowers. We should be solving humans' problems. Yeah. And putting them in a position where they don't need to be strive in the same way we don't need to strive for like material goods. There aren't there shouldn't be poor people. We want to take control of the muggles and we're not gonna hide anymore. We're going to we're going to be in power. We just wanna he wants to take power, basically, and like take control of the world as magic users, mm-hmm. as magicians, wizards or whatever. He's like a magneto. Literally he's a magneto. Yes, perfect example. Okay. Um, but and then he's only a villain because J.K. Rowling is because because he, he needs to be. He because he needs to be. Um, and same yeah. with Killmonger essentially. Exactly. It's it's like and then our heroes are like cops who want to protect the order. But it's funny because that this the movies are much more um, much more critical of the of the established like Ministry of Magic mm-hmm. than you'd think. Like they show a lot of reasons why Grindelwald is right <laughs> mm-hmm. to like not trust that the the they're like always abusing their power and like doing shifty underhanded deals and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know where J.K. Rowling is coming from because she writes these like singularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's over two movies. There's like this guy who is like the brother of, of Albus Dumbledore, um, who has who was like switched at birth and has been suppressed his magic is suppressed and he has this basically affliction he's like venom basically like this like black ooze comes out of him and flies around nice it's sick <laughs> it's really cool that sounds very cool it's really awesome it like it like has fire inside of it too so it's like lit really interestingly and it like just causes all this havoc that's the first movie is that like news commander is accused of of helping that guy his name is credence um and and then in the second movie uh they have to go stop him from from Grindelwald finding him um cuz Grindelwald wants to use his secret power for some reason which you find out later is because he's the brother of Elvis Dumbledore mm-hmm. and then you also find out that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were bro were lovers um and they made a blood oath Do you see it? No, they don't even. Of course not. You don't even. They don't even kiss. Well, you don't even. Yeah, no, I didn't mean fuck. I mean, do you see them kiss? Even like, do, no, do they, anything happen? Well, they like kind of hug and they do like this blood ritual or whatever. It's like kind of sexy, but I mean, like, it's Jude Law too as Dumbledore. He's really, really good. Um, Johnny Depp is really good. I, honestly, the acting is pretty good. Johnny Depp's in the new one. He's in the second one. They replaced him with Mads Mikkelsen because of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of controversy about this movie, lots of controversy about everything involved with this movie, but I have to say a visual treat, like even if you don't care about, because the first movie was pretty praised for being, um, really cute. Like the American muggle who was just like accidentally falls in with these people is really charming and he's just like this sort of like new york guy who's just like what is all these fucking beasts what a, <laughs> why do what do, what's going on yeah, where do i find them yeah <laughs> yeah and uh he's just a baker he like wants to make stuff and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. falls in with these two like uh harley quinn talking girls like oh my god jacob um <laughs> mr jake yeah it sounds exactly like that and uh <laughs> But then she becomes a Nazi. She becomes a follower of Grindelwald. Um, it's a, it's but again, a, we like Grindelwald, kind of. I kind of like Grindelwald. I don't think he's a 
you know, he's a. Re- it's bad to kill a baby. He's. He I think we can all baby. agree on that. But you, it's hard. It's hard to argue his point against his point, which is, stop fucking World War Two. He shows a fucking like big like, image in, in this huge like gorgeous cemetery meeting of uh, the fucking atomic bomb going off, and people mm. are like, holy shit, we got to stop this, and they're like, how dare you? And then all this beautiful <laughs> blue fire comes, and it's it's amazing. Hilarious. So I'm just saying. It's amazing looking, and I immediately want to watch it again. There's these this beautiful Chinese dragon thing that mm-hmm. is like his friend in this one. It like flies and has claws and stuff. Uh, I mean, everything is awesome looking. I, 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 it's a stupid movie. Like the politics are obviously very stupid, but I think it's very charming. Um, good to look at. You know, if you don't, if you want, if you feel bad, quote unquote, supporting J.K. Rowling. Just download it. Pirate it. Just pirate it. It's a great, it's really cool looking. I think it's really cool. All right. That's what I watched this week. Well, now it's time to talk about... Uh, can we just stop this episode? I know. Can this be a <laughs> half hour episode? All right. This movie we watched this week, it is musical month, and uh, we are doing movies that were hit Broadway plays that were unfortunately turned into, turned into films. Hollywood films. Uh, this week we have Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. A movie from 2021. Yes, 2021 directed by Oh, Stephen Chbosky. Stephen Chbosky who, who wrote Perks of Being a Wallflower. Is and, that so? Yeah, and uh the book um and uh he uh, And he directed the film adaptation. He directed the film. Did he direct? I thought he screenwrote it and then this is his I thought this was his first movie directed. No, he also directed Wonder, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie that's based off of a YA novel or something. I gotta tell you, I think he did a good job on the Percy Being Wallflower movie. I don't think that was that bad. It's tough because it's, I mean, adapting a novel is always tough, and especially one that is so near and dear to a lot of people, and especially one that you yourself wrote. It's gonna be tough to like make the cuts mm. that you need to make that move right. I bet. And I definitely don't think it moved right, but I think he did a pretty good job all the same. I have neither read nor seen. Oh, really? Don't know what that is. Yeah, that was a big book for me. <laughs> I loved that when I was oh, a yeah? kid. Yeah. Um, is it about a shy guy? It's uh, it's about an autistic kid who mm. uh, kind of like becomes cool for the first time in his life. Kind of uh, like this movie. <laughs> Kind of, but like in a way more like charming and not sociopathic way. Okay. Uh, it's about like um, he, uh, I don't remember how he gets introduced to these people, but he like just falls in with this crowd of like cool punk kids who like put on a, like they do a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. Okay. And like he starts hanging out with them and he's like in love with this one girl who's kind of like the center of this pack. And, like, he's always trying to get with her, but, like, he's really autistic, and so she's kind of like, I don't think this is ever going <laughs> to happen. But he, like, ends up hooking up with another girl in the group. And anyway, it's all told from his perspective, and, and okay. there's all sorts of other shit in there. But it, it's mostly just about, like, a, a weird kid who gets to be cool uh, and gets to, like, have friends. And, like, it's all about him just kind of, like... Cute book for it's a, kids. It's a cute book for teenagers uh, that's very good at... It's You know what it is? It's very good at capturing, like, how stuff feels when you're a teenager. Sure. Like, it, it's very good at capturing the way that stuff, like... Like the 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 insane emotion of everything, where like yeah, everything's insanely everything heightened. is like the biggest craziest thing that's ever happened to you. Like <laughs> it's either like this is the most inspiring magical thing, or like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. 
Yeah. It's very good at capturing I very much miss being able to just like access awe Mm -hmm. in the same way that when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, You should read the book. It's, you'll, it it, it captures that in a very good way. Nice. Uh, This movie does not. Uh, This movie is about uh, a kid named Evan Hansen who is, okay, well, then the right off the top, I want to say two good things about it. Okay. The songs aren't that bad. I think I, think, I disagree. I think that the songs sound like worship songs half the time. Yes, that's true. I think there are two or three pretty good catchy songs okay. that I've been singing all day. Which ones? The uh, Waiting Through a Window, the opening song. Mm-hmm. The Waiting Through a Window. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It sounds like Owl City. Like uh-huh. it's 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 not good music by any means, but like by musical standards, it sounds like the sort of like um, wicked, yeah, frozen. Well, I was gonna say it's like um, it's like what my friend Griff said about um, about uh, uh, Hamilton, where he said like it's crazy yeah. how successful a show can be when you just model the music after stuff that people actually listen to. Yes, like this kind of sounds like Owl City. It sounds like shit that people it listen sounds like to. Pop songs. So like. You know, it, it works. They're, they are not, they are passable pop songs, like about 60% of the time. Yeah. I wasn't, like, Tick, Tick, Boom, I can't think of a single song. Yeah. Like, I can't even but catch the, a melody. The, the worship song thing is is a good observation, because what I was thinking was, it, it reminded me so much of, like, the shit that I have to listen to for work, which is just, like, <laughs> the, the, you know, stock music that, like, the, the you know, the stuff that you, like, buy a subscription to a service. Yes. Uh, just like really generic sounding, like ding, 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 yeah, this like four on the floor, like yeah, yeah, every other, every fucking measure, like yeah, it's with like a lot of reverb on on a guitar yeah. doing some sort of harmonic thing. It yeah. reminds me of the horse songs Alex was sending yes, me. Yes, exactly. Um, yes, <laughs> and and you know that stuff is bad. Uh, it's it. I don't like the way it's produced, but like as tunes, mm-hmm. they're memorable. Certainly, and, much more so than than Tick Tick Boom. And, personally did not like make me want to gag like some of the rent songs um honestly rent isn't even that bad but there are some shows there are some show tunes that really i i can't handle um and second second nice thing oh addendum to that nice thing the main character can sing yes he's a very good singer Uh and some of the acting in this movie is pretty good yes um second nice thing is that some of the directing is inventive in little ways. Mm. Uh, like there's a shot where Zoe uh, stops the car really fast mm-hmm. and then it stops. And then there's a shot from behind her. Like there's a different car happening and you feel the like weight of that car happen. Yeah. Little tiny touches. See, I was going to say too, cause I, I, something that I noticed about the movie overall is that it looks really cheap like it a lot of the time cheap. it looks really cheap and i was the thing that i really liked in that scene was how cheap it looked but they still effectively like were able to convey the weight of that car because you could tell like they didn't really film, stood out to me yeah they didn't film the car actually stopping and and that stood out to me i was like oh they didn't actually get the footage of this because they couldn't afford to get a stunt driver or whatever right. um but i was like despite that they did a good job of like letting you know what happened. I didn't feel like that didn't happen. Yeah. That was pretty good. I think the directing is actually a lot better than, than even I gave it credit for last night when I watched it. 
But I was gonna say, yeah, you're right. A lot of the acting is very good, and and something I was really impressed by overall in the whole piece. And this is not enough to redeem it by any means. I still no. think this is one of the worst movies we've watched we for this about, show. We are about to shit on this movie yeah. so hard. But I was going to say that every, <laughs> basically everything that's happening around the main plot, all of the little things that are happening around it, I think are actually really good. I think a lot of stuff in here is like really emotionally resonant. Like little moments of the family grieving their son are really, really profound. I think the- Julianne Moore's song about um mm-hmm. about the father leaving mm-hmm. and 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 the the truck in the driveway and whatever that shit had me fucking crying straight really up. i like i had to like get up for a minute and like go talk to my wife i was like this is <laughs> really into- i mean maybe it's i mean obviously it, it, like no, no i'm not making I, funny. i'm no but i mean like i'm in i'm specifically in a perspective to be hurt by that because right. i'm i'm a father and like the idea of ever like having to like break up my family and leave my son is like it, it literally kills me to think about <laughs> <laughs> like i take literal damage yeah when uh <laughs> when um the the stepfather larry has his little moment about the baseball mm-hmm. there's like something he says about the kid that is like so true. Like yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. I can't remember exactly what he, but he like the way he says it is so fucking like an adult man expressing grief in a way that he's like literally never had to before. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this guy is acting his dick off in yeah. this scene. Um, so a lot of good acting happening around the main plot, but yes. unfortunately, the main plot the main really <laughs> swells and takes up a lot of space in this movie. Yeah, the main show. The main story is you have this kid, Evan Hansen. Yeah. And he is uh, he is afflicted with some sort of nerd disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're too pussy to ever tell you what it is. Yeah. They he, even the, but they even like have a scene where like this this girl uh who is somebody, who is she? Al- Alana. Yeah, but I mean like in real life. Oh, I don't know. The actor? She's like a singer. Uh, SZA, right? That's SZA? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, No fucking way. I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, there's this girl who's also got some sort of uh, nerd disease. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel bad calling it a nerd disease because it feels like I'm trivializing, uh, you know, whatever it is they have. But this is the thing is they're too pussy to actually name what they have. But they have a scene where she's like, so what do you take? I take... Um, oh, she's Rue from The Hunger Games. Okay. Her name is M- Amanda Stenberg. Um and she's good. She's the best one of the best characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, th- yeah, they say specifically Zoloft or well Yeah, yeah, yeah. she says like what do you take and and I take this and you take this. They they name medications but they will not say what it is that they're, they're diagnosed with. with. Yeah. yeah. Um a- and the main thing about this movie and the main reason, I think, besides that the story is bonkers, yeah. uh, is that they used the original cast member from the stage play yes. who looks as though he is a 30-year-old man. He is. He's 28. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's younger than he looks. He, he looks really old. He looks like he's a 35 35- he looks like he's a 40-year-old man playing a 25-year-old playing an 18-year-old. Yeah. He looks like his face was stung by bees, and he, they put, like, a Jufro wig on him. <laughs> and 
He looks insane, and 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 <laughs> I feel bad for him because he's a guy who exists, and he's a real person, and that's just what he looks right, like. And, and like literally, he doesn't deserve to have been put in this position. But I started to talk about this off mic, and I'm going to talk about it now. Do he, it. So he's got sort of a loose face. He's got sort of a jowly sort of look about him, where like when he moves, his face jiggles. Like it's yeah. really and and and. It's okay to have a face that looks like that. That's not a fault of his or whatever. But the problem is that he's not directed well for what his his physique looks like. They could have gotten away with this. They really could have. If they like if they dress <laughs> him really the way they do and they, they do the makeup and whatever. The problem that they have with him is that they're filming him like he's doing like an understated, you know, like really like 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 he's doing like face acting like he's doing like he's a like in um succession how like so much in that show Uh happens in like facial expressions like small micro things that are happening in the face that like a really good actor can do you know yeah but this dude who plays evan hansen is a stage actor and stage actors don't do that stage actors do big they do big huge things and 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 but he's filmed as if he's doing small things. And what that does is it accentuates the fact that his face looks crazy. <laughs> he lo- just like, it's just moving all over the place all the time. And like, it's just like got wrinkles where you just didn't even think wrinkles formed. He looks like weirdly sweaty a lot of all the, time. the time. He's wet. He's wet and, <laughs> and loose. And just, he looks like a, he looks like a cartoon. I feel so bad. Like, I don't want to make it's fun of the, what this guy fault. looks like. But they just filmed him so bad. <laughs> he looks like the he looks like the fucking guy in Men in Black who's like the bug <laughs> in the man Shalubia. costume. Oh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Edgar. He just looks like he doesn't fit in his body anymore. Yeah, and it's funny because if you look at images of him, at, like he looks like a perfectly normal adult man. Yeah, when he has a beard on and he's like, you know, he's he's an adult guy who's you know at the Oscars or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you can even look at uh like look at this picture. This is him on stage. Yeah, he looks great. And he's much younger. That works. Why is his hair like this? Like this is his hair is normal. Yeah. And then for the movie, they like he must be balding. And so they like put this insane like he looks so normal on the 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 visual in the, is in the theater, like and then in the and then in the pl- movie, he looks like fucking Napoleon Dynamite. The the overall vibe of the aesthetic of the film is like SNL sketch making fun of Dear Evan Hansen. Like it looks yeah, like it's a yes. parody of itself. It looks like it's somebody dressed up to look like Evan Hansen. Like it it, it just it looks like dog shit most of the time. Right. So okay, and, and so- it's 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 funny because that kind of ruins the movie to a level that is hard to explain because it's yeah. like. Well, first of all, we haven't actually gotten to the plot, which is so important. Yeah. Um, the plot is that this nerd has a problem, which is he has zero friends and zero swag, yeah. and uh, will never. And he tried to kill himself jumping out of a tree. Well, we don't find that. We don't find that end. until the end. But he jumped out of a tree and broke his arm. He's got a but cast he, in his arm. But the, if he doesn't wasn't trying to kill himself, then like it, it's a stupid thing to have put in the. You know what I mean? It's like, right, why, yeah, why yeah. make such a big deal out of the fact that he broke his arm? Who the fuck cares? Right. People break their arms. Uh-huh. Especially when you're in high school. Yeah. Um. So he is a nerd and he writes, his therapist is having him write letters to himself 
being like, dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be a good day. Yeah, We're be nice do to yourself, yeah, whatever. Give yourself compliments or whatever. There's some exercise that you're having this child to do. He has a bad day. He gets bullied by this kid named Connor, who's the brother of a of a girl he has a uh, infatuation with, mm. of just very unhealthy, creepy obsession with. He's never even spoken to her. Yeah. Uh, but he gets bullied by this kid, and he writes himself a letter that is sad. And he's like, "Dear Evan Hansen, we didn't have a good day. We had a shitty day, and everything sucks except for my, si- you know, not my sister, but there's Zoe, and you know, I like her, and like, yeah. But I, I'm done with this world or whatever." And then Connor comes back. He signs his cast through a series of unfortunate events. He takes his letter. And he makes fun of him for it. He bullies him more and then kills himself. Yeah. (laughs) So the premise of this movie is that he's found with this letter to Evan Hansen. After he kills himself. Yeah, after after Connor kills himself. He's found with this letter. People assume that it is a suicide letter that Connor wrote, not that Evan Evan Hansen wrote himself. But addressed it to Evan. And And so they think that he must be connor's best friend yes and instead of like a normal person say no that's not true he run lets it run and says yes we were best friends and uh the thing is there's some amount of this that i feel is forgivable there's like absolutely there's a short period of i feel bad this family is in pain i can relieve that pain by just telling them a couple little stories about me and connor yes and 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 that's it and And the line is forging emails. Yes. <laughs> Once he, and this comes very early. Yeah, it's the first thing he does. Uh, so the, Well, there's an initial dinner, and then there's the forging emails. Right, they ask him at the initial... The, the, the principal calls him into the office. He's like, your best friend Connor wrote you the suicide note. He's dead. Here it is. The parents are like, oh my God, I can't believe it. They yeah, invite him to dinner. He tells this story about going to an apple orchard but he doesn't know it's an apple he it's so fucking weird okay, he says like he says like me and me and connor we went to the trees and they're like oh you mean the apple orchard and he's like yeah that thing, yeah and there's there is a sitcom style thing well i would accept that if he and the thing that really turns this movie is that if he had somehow been swept away in this lie that he just wasn't saying no to, mm-hmm. I think I would have a much easier time with swallowing this. But the first thing he does is orchestrate all this fucking psychotic stuff to make him seem like he was friends with yeah. Connor. He and forges that- emails. He like, um, I mean, he he release he publicly releases his suicide note as a way of like deflecting somebody from being like, were you guys really friends? Yeah. Like, it's crazy how much shit he does. He ends up like hooking up with the sister, like yeah. He he uh, he allows her to like like him and start dating him, which he very nearly he very nearly takes Connor's college fund. Yeah, like he wants that fucking college he money, does. and his mom is the one who says no. But like he he's about to fucking take. It. <laughs> yes, so he basically the. It feels like the implication of this very nervous child who wouldn't be able to say, no, that's not true, after a certain point, would be understandable 
I cannot abide a guy who fucking like realizes immediately like this is my chance to fuck Zoe. Yeah. And that, like that's what it feels like. He's like this is my chance to fuck Zoe and get in cool with this rich family. Uh, so I'm going to like forge documents and invent an entire history. Yeah. Just because I have an in. And and the problem really is that like the movie and to my understanding the show to a greater extent don't treat what he's doing as bad. Like they don't really like it's not framed like he's the bad guy of this movie <laughs> at all. Like you're not necessarily rooting for him, but you're definitely not like you're torturing this family right now. You're yeah, yeah. you're creating a fictional version of their of their beloved family member who like they all like either don't know or actively don't like. You're you're creating a fictional version of him that right. doesn't exist for your own purpose for your own gain. But the thing is, he gets immediate pushback. Yeah. Like, if 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 he had just been like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I He didn't talk to me about that. Like, Zoe's like, but he was this way. Yeah. He w- was violent and bad to me and, like, was, you know, a, a bad person to me. And he's like, yeah, well, he, he, like, is like, no, he wasn't. And then he, like, inserts his infatuation with her as, like, Connor's care for her. Yeah. That's fucking psychotic. Yeah. And I can't, I can't believe that anyone would watch this and be like, that's so charming it's or so cute. Charming. You know what's even crazier, though, is that, like, the show, the Broadway show, apparently doesn't even include the little postscript where, like, after he reveals all of this that he goes and like tries to like actually learn about Connor and like digs up the video of oh, him and yeah. stuff. That's not in the show. It isn't? That's an addition for the movie to kind of soften like soften the blow. Soften the blow <laughs> a little bit. In the show, he well, Have you seen the show? No, no, I read about this. Okay. So, uh, folks, the end of this, I know what you're thinking. The, this guy has been lying to this family all along, and usually in stories about lying, somebody gets caught in their lie. There's a comeuppance. And there's a comeuppance where they get revealed. He doesn't. He he could have just gotten away with the whole thing. He just starts to feel bad about them catching some flack because the suicide note that he gave somebody to cover his lie goes viral and like people start like shitting on them or whatever right, which doesn't make a lot of sense no and we'll get there i guess um, or i guess we're there now <laughs> we just gotta oh, be there sure. okay so so <laughs> so uh yeah he gets all this li- i wanted to stop though uh the, there's something that caught my eye because mm. this is kind i watched half of this months ago uh with my friends uh, and we were just so shocked because the revelation of what this movie is about was so fu- like it's so shocking. Yeah, you're just like this is a hit Broadway play. This is what the movie is about. Um, was b- bananas. Um, but there is the the song where they're making up the fake story, and then Connor, a dead I kid. I like that. That's really good. Yeah, and. You almost. I wish there was more of that. Uh, yeah, and this time I thought I caught a glimpse of what the show might be. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in the in the on a Broadway, if I'm on a, in a Broadway theater, maybe it's very funny. Like maybe, maybe it's not supposed to be tugging at your heartstrings 
ever. Maybe you're never supposed to be feel. Maybe it's like cringe comedy, the Broadway musical. And like when he's like being weird and like telling her like that she, that he likes her. But actually that's what Connor says. Maybe there's like this sort of like awkward chuckling happening. But the thing is, is that it's a movie, so it's dead silent. Yeah. Like, there's no laughs in this movie because, except for that part, which is so zany, mm-hmm. where they're like... Well, there's that part, and, and then there is a comic relief character, which is... Uh, Jacob. The, the Indian kid. Yeah. Um, who is also on the show Atypical, uh, and I like him in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very good in this. I liked him in this. He's funny. Uh, he adds a very much-needed bit of levity to this yes. as... At first, as somebody pushing back on Evan's weird shit, right. uh, then kind of enjoying it a little bit by adding like gay sex to it, and then at the <laughs> end, just straight up being like, "Well, this is happening, so I guess I'm going to profit from it." <laughs> yeah, and, and and there is a certain sense of like, there's this like dumb kid logic that might exist. I'm I'm giving some charity to how this is such a successful Broadway play. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there is like a funny aspect to it where it's just like, you're, you're not supposed to hate Evan Hansen, but you're supposed to be like, Oh kid, like don't do this. Don't do this. Tell it blows up in his face. Right. And like maybe that through line and then he learns something better than he, but he doesn't, there's no, No, I know, but I mean, just maybe in the show, there's something some other angle that we're not seeing. But in this movie, it's like dead serious and it does not feel funny. Yeah. Except for this song and like a couple other moments. Like he is just like doing Tom Ripley. Like it made me think about the talented Mr. Ripley where yeah. he's like pretending to be Dickie Greenleaf the whole time. <laughs> and he's just like going to get found out because he hates himself so much. Right. But then it, there must be it gets so serious because he's like, then it's all about suicide and killing your, you know, not killing yourself and stuff. Anyway. So he, they, they set up a, this, this girl, Alana, uh, who kind of latches on to this story. Cause she's also, you know, depressed and, and she know, also has the, the, the loser nerd disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, but she's a sort of outgoing loser. And yeah. so she, <laughs> like starts this Connor foundation and like starts having these rallies to raise money for the family and stuff and sort of just runs with it. He is kind of forced to give a speech cause he's his best friend supposedly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, then something happens where he like drops a microphone and then sings a song in the fiction of the play. Yeah. Uh, and then that song goes viral on the internet, which yeah, is like, people are like, Oh, like it's so inspiring. So does he, he sing a song? No, I think you're supposed to be like thinking of it as he just like gives an impassioned speech about like not giving up or whatever. Right. Which is or just not being alone. It's one of those things where it's like, that's ne- never would go viral. No, like I mean, I can see it going <laughs> viral in some way, but not like not the way that it does. No, and and, and I I really some like, random kid like giving us an impassioned speech. Like, yeah, it's so depressing to think about this that it's like he has this whole thing of like you know, and 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 if there's anything we learn from this, it's like you know we're not alone. We're not alone in this world. Blah blah blah. Like everything that you've said about this guy is made up you've made up every single element of yeah, this guy's he personality alone. he was alone <laughs> he was alone nobody liked him uh-huh. he was just in and out of rehab and really sad and not 
connected to anybody and then killed himself. Yep. And that's what his life was. <laughs> and, and, and there's no reckoning with that. No. There's no point at which they're like, hey, it actually is really sad what happened to this kid. You're only ever meant, you're only ever like directed to feel sad for Evan Hansen. Yeah. And then at the end for the family to to be like oh look at our look at look at him playing the guitar like right so to this wrap is who up he was he's found out or he i guess he's, he's not, not found out he's alana, never found well, out well alana figures it out she yeah. like confronts him directly she's like you didn't know him and he's like no i did and he gives why her would he have why would he have addressed his suicide note to me if i didn't know it right he gave her the suit gives her the suicide note to prove it she posts that on instagram to 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 help them reach their fundraising goal to like reopen this apple orchard save the apple orchard um and people for some reason take it really weird Mm -hmm. i I don't it's not very well explained what the reason is. no it's because he addresses the suicide letter to evan hansen and And not to the family yeah and so they're judging the dead kid like mass internet is judging the dead kid for not loving his family enough to write the suicide note they're 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 judging the family they're saying like sure. he killed himself because of you that's why he didn't write the note to you right uh but he doesn't even mention the family because evan hansen was writing it i don't right. know it's very strange um and then that blows up so he's got to take it down and she does take it down but it doesn't matter because it's everyone's seen it and then he kind of comes clean in a very awkward song called mm. words fail uh, which I didn't like that one. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, okay, obviously, man, you're like, I was, I was at any moment, I was expecting Amy Adams, like, to just cut the music, like, yeah. to just scream, get out of my get house. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. I don't care about this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really thought that was going to happen. I would have appreciated it if it did, because that song wasn't very good. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then he's just like, that's the end of the movie. Like, Zoe's like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Because uh, they had like basically gotten to a relationship after she sort of like realized that he was a sweet guy or thought he was a sweet guy. And uh, they're just like, get out of our house. You're a freak. Yeah. Um, and he is. And then he goes and he he um, he tries to learn more about Connor. He like reads his favorite books and then he like reaches out to a bunch of people he went to rehab with to try to find any like real stuff about him. He finds a video of him playing guitar and sends it to the family. But also... This is another That's thing. That's the end, yeah. Well, but there's one more thing, which is that he goes to... What's her name? Alana. Alana. No, no, no. The girlfriend. Zoe. Zoe. He goes to Zoe, and he's like, look, you guys shouldn't be catching flack for this. I'm the one who made all this shit up. Like, I should be catching flack for it. And she's like, well, no, we don't want you guys... We're going to preserve his memory or whatever. Like, it, we don't want you to go public about this. It's not my decisions. My parents don't want you to do it. Right. And, and, and he's like, all right, fine. But then he does it anyway. He does? Yeah, yeah, he goes on Instagram Live and he's like, look, I fucking made oh, all yeah. the shit up. He just... And we don't see the fallout of that. No, but like... He just like turns off his phone. What a fucking sociopath. He didn't even fucking... Like, he didn't even honor the one thing. Like, yeah. after he learned, quote unquote, learned his lesson. Like, he didn't even honor the one thing they asked him they to do. They said specifically, like, don't do this. You're yeah. a dumb child. And it's like, that kind of makes sense. Like, you're an adult. This horrific thing happens to you where your son kills himself in high school uh then this weird kid gives you this false hope which you kind of must realize as an adult maybe you had some hand in it and it's true like mm-hmm. yeah they definitely goad him on a little they bit go- especially with amy adams like goads him on to be like you were best friends and like 
that's the only part of the movie that makes sense, any sense. And then to be like, no, 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 you don't have to, like, it's fine. Like, yeah. there's no, nobody's winning anything for you to be like, I lied. Yeah. Like, you also don't deserve a redemption arc or like, this is why yeah. is this movie even about you? Right. Like the movie should be about Alana or Zoe or it any should be about car- Zoe. It should be about Zoe. <laughs> yeah. It's this movie is nuts. Uh, and then, so she meets him in an apple orchard. Also, this is that scene is so insane. Cause it's like, you are staking your life and your college degree on this lie. And you haven't even looked at his fucking Facebook or like looked at his old high school yearbook to like yeah. figure out what his books, favorite books are. Like, why didn't you mind this fodder before for this lie? Yeah. Now you're just like, now I really care. It's like, what? <laughs> Psychotic behavior. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he was suicidal. And then he just is like, oh, I guess I'm sad too now. Yeah, he's like, I'm taking a year off and whatever. I'm going to think about stuff after I had this weird year of lying to everyone I know for no reason. Just because I wanted to get pussy from this random girl I never (laughs) talked to. Absolutely fucking crazy. Literally psycho behavior. I, I can't express enough like how how insane this movie made me feel because like there's there's the entry level thing of like yes you're you're seeing the story and you're like how was this a hit show on broadway how did people go into this show and leave it being like wow great show (laughs) what a story huh like the songs aren't that good no They're, they're they're fine but they're not like they're not like overlook how crazy this story <laughs> is good. Th- so there's that element of it. Then there's the old kid thing where you're watching him and like every time he's on screen, you feel like you're in danger. Which I <laughs> you just like you feel like like he's going to like pull your soul through the screen. Yeah, it's like crew Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, which I have to say, I think if they had casted a 13 year old who could sing this well. I don't know if it would feel as bad. Like it's still a pretty psychotic behavior for a 13 year old. And it, I think it would almost feel a little hand ringy uh-huh. if it was like, Oh, this kid is behaving badly and we have to focus on him. It'd be like, all right, get over it. It feels so crazy. Cause it's a 35 year old man. And a, everybody else way. looks pretty young. <laughs> yeah. And like all of the and parents he, and whatever kisses, look like they're his age. When he kisses Zoe, like your muscles tense up. <laughs> It feels like watching Red Rocket. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's very fucking weird. Um, Yeah, and it doesn't. It seems. How did people let this into the wild? Like, how did they look at this footage and like, yep, this is good. That's the that's the movie. (laughs) Get it out there. Yeah, and and it really feels so so dark. Like there's there's moments of this movie that feel darker than like a Todd Salons movie like in the moments when he's like yeah I was friends with your and like it's like silent in this like weird suburban of like home and he's just like looking at Zoe taking her jacket off and just like sweating (laughs) (laughs) disgusting it's hard to watch it's so hard to watch it's really hard to watch but I will say once again Julianne Moore's song about uh, the father leaving is beautiful. It's a good song. It's like the only thing in this movie that's worth watching. And I do think it's actually worth watching. What? 
not the whole movie. Oh, that song. Just okay. that. If you can find that on YouTube, I'm not sure if it's there. But oh, if you can find it, for God's sake, that's the only part of this you should watch. <laughs> yeah, really do not watch this movie. Uh, even as, like, I've talked a lot about Even my, as a bit. Yeah. Even as a bit, <laughs> don't watch this I've movie. I've talked a lot about my, like, you know, friend group who watches bad movies. We tried. We didn't make it halfway through this yeah. movie because it was, like, so disturbingly creepy and weird to watch. Um, and I, I feel, like, I feel bad because this kid put a lot of work in. He's a really talented singer and probably a really good actor. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's moments of this movie where you can almost see what they were getting at with like the, this, like we talked about where Connor's like back alive and he's like going through like the funny song where he's like, I smoke crack. I mean pot. And like, yeah, that's, it's very funny and, and cute of like these sort of kids, the way that like song is structured around like kids making something up as a lie is clever and good, but there is not enough of the few really interesting things to like save it from being definitely one of the fuck most fucked up things we've ever watched. <laughs> and we've watched cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God damn. Terrible. Uh, how did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> I simply don't know. Uh, yeah. So don't watch Evan Hansen. That is the movie for this week. God damn. Thanks for listening. This has been generation loss. The show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm Brandon, that's Jeremy, and you should go to patreon.com slash generation loss where you can get a bonus episode that we release once a week. Once per week. Generally about the movie news, trailer roundups, discourse reports, uh, other movie reviews depending on the week. Um, you can also hang out with us in the Discord where we will show you the movie uh, the Sunday before the episode airs. And uh, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod and follow us individually from there. And until next time. And you're not going to believe this, folks. That's movies. Sessions and bicycle messengers, punks and hot school dropouts.